Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Welcome back, everyone, to the Decades of Strength podcast. Katie Croak is here, along with my two beautiful co-hosts, Marcy Nevin and Kim Schlag. How are you ladies doing today? Hi, Katie. Hi. Hey, Kate. Doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm feeling personally victimized by a small bug that I have running <laughs> through my body right now. Um, oh, after how not dare it. For so long. <laughs> I mean, there really was something I think to wearing a mask for all 2020 for me because I did not get sick. I mean, not leaving the house, doing nothing. Um, And then all of a sudden this like late summer cold just kind of bulldozed me over yesterday. And I forgot what it was like to feel just incapacitated. Like it's a head cold, it's nothing respiratory and it's really nothing but a nuisance, but it's exhausting. And I've got brain fog and I'm tired and my voice is cracking. And so if I just like mid-sentence have no idea where we're going, pick me up. Ah, you'll fit right in with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When I take, when I start sweating and I take off my heavy winter sweater and then when I'm freezing and I need to put it back on again, like you'll, you'll know what's going on. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about me. What what about you? What's going on with you, Marcy? Oh, not, not a whole lot. Uh, Very, we were talking about this before we recorded. I'm not, I'm trying to be very conscious with my language. So not say things like I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed out, I'm busy, which are all true in this moment, but uh, it's just a very full week, let's say, but in a great way. So I'm incredibly grateful. It's nothing but good stuff. So yeah, there's that, but a lot of work in the next week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But managing it well. Good. That's great. That's great. Be good to yourself. Yes. What about you, Kim? Uh, my heart is like a little bit sad today. Lily May is at the vet. She just oh. got her spay done. Oh. And we got a text. I got a text just a little bit ago, like right before we hopped on that she's out of surgery and like she's waking up at our vet's office. Look, and remember, this is my first dog, so I don't know. But from what I've heard, it's normal. You pick your dog up the same day, but our vet's office, they keep them overnight to like observe them and keep them comfortable. So we don't even get to see her till tomorrow. I've never heard that being done before. That's interesting. Yeah. So in some ways, it's more so it's more than when the male dog has their surgery. So I think that's probably why. And yeah, it's just how they do it. And in some ways I'm glad because I know they'll be able to like, you know, keep her safe and keep her more comfortable than maybe we would with our very inept puppy skills. Um, but in other ways, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't have a little pet doggy running around today. Oh, so, that's sad. Did, did I not tell you that that dog was going to change your life in the best way possible? And it's true. Sometimes I can't believe who I've become. Like I know. I've never been like, like, oh my gosh, look at that dog. But now I'm super interested in everybody else's dogs and like talking to people about their dogs. I know people are probably listeners of my dog. My dog is my child. As the listeners know, I do not have human children, but Wesley, my eight pound Shih Tzu Poodle mix is, yeah, he's my baby. And I, I've been sharing a lot more of him in my Instagram stories and being just that total annoying dog mom. Like he's so perfect. Isn't he beautiful? (laughs) It's how I feel. And it's like, you know, I I think about it too. 
wouldn't it be nice or wouldn't things be so different if we talked to ourselves the way that we talk to our dogs? That's mm-hmm. true. You're yeah. so cute. You're so wonderful. You're so good. I know. Yeah. I, I have kids and my, my dog is my baby. I think everybody <laughs> who follows me knows that Redstone, I mean, he's at my feet currently right now, always. And the love is just so uncomplicated. I mean, yeah. And that's what it is, Katie. It's easier to love a dog than it is to love a kid because the dog's <laughs> not going to like back talk you or disobey you or like stress you out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, after 12 and a half years, my dog still pees all over the house. Cannot figure that one <laughs> okay, out, that's so, but I still person. love him. Like you're one <laughs> great. It's okay. It's you're okay. still okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're the treat. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, ladies, let's yeah. dive in a little bit here. We do have a great traditional podcast to get to ahead. But before we do, we actually had a question from a listener come through. We didn't even know that this was possible, but evidently (laughs) if you listen via Anchor, the Anchor platform, there is an option to leave us a message. And we got a message from Karina Moreno. Like you can literally like record a voice memo for us. Yes. Yes. Oh, it was. And and, uh, she went into depth with a question, which I have Um, dial down to just a quick sentence because I want to address it, but we are so happy as hosts to always take this podcast in the direction that our listeners want it to go. And sometimes we get feedback on Instagram, but this was a, this was a nice um, alternative way to see that there are other subjects that we, we should and could be talking about that may not surface just when the three of us chit chat. So please always, I, I like leave rate review, leave messages, connect with us on email and Instagram, any way you can, because this is, we love doing this, but it's for our listeners more than it is for us. And yeah. so let's make sure that we're always addressing those. So I just really want to, first of all, encourage people to always share their thoughts and requests with us. And I'm going to go into this question from Karina and, and kind of volley it back to you ladies. So here was her question. How do you know when it is time to transition from a more generic program to time with a one-on-one coach? And let's assume that the generic programming, so like, you know, macros and exercise is being well executed. So you've got a plan. It's something you maybe found on Instagram or you found on the internet. You've been doing it at the 90% consistency rate that we've talked about in prior podcasts. How do you know when it's time to take the next step and, and possibly transition to a one-to-one coach or do you even need to? Great question. You want to go first, Mars? Why don't you take this one, Kimmy? Okay. Um, I, I can see a couple of times that this would be valuable. One, you're still not getting the results you want right? So that's a good time to like, let's dial it in. Let's get somebody to tell me, tell me more specifically in my case, like what should I be doing? Um, And a part of that ties into the next piece, which is you need accountability to successfully execute this plan. That's a a piece that a coach can give you. That's not going to be different than the plan. So even if the plan stays literally the same, right? Say, say you hire the same coach who's given the generic plan to like a group of people. Now you hire that coach. Maybe the plan is going to be the same, but what's different is you're going to have a higher level of accountability. That's a time um, that you might want to hire a coach. If you have a, if you have the sense that no matter what you do, nothing's working, that's a time to hire a a one-on-one coach. And if you have a really like highly specific goal that you're like, this generic plan isn't meeting those needs. So that could be like, so for me, like I wanted to do, I wanted to be a power lifter, but I wanted to be a power lifter and I wanted to get lean at the same time. And that's why I hired Jordan. I'm like, okay, that's what he does. I want that specific for me. If you um, have an injury and you're like this plan, like it's hard for me to work around X, like 
injury or not even an active injury. Maybe it's just like a tweak. If like your equipment needs, if there's a highly specific need you have that's not being met by the plan, those are some times I would say. I love yeah, it. I would agree with that. Uh, I know for myself, like I have very specific needs when it comes to the health conditions that I have. So a basic macro approach, like if I was to go online and Google something, so use the TDE calculator and it spits me out a number or try to get a generic meal plan, that's probably not going to fit with my internal environment at the time. So I had to, I, I do have to have more specific re recommendations for what I am going through hormonally or, you know, gut health wise, that kind of thing. So that's why I hire a coach because it is out of my scope of practice mm -hmm. and I don't want to have to think about it. That's another thing is the lack of decision fatigue is so helpful. And I know this is a little bit different because she was saying, you know, how do you know when you need to transition from like a basic program to more of a coach? But if you know that you are ready for something else, but you don't want to have to think about it yourself, you want to have the guesswork taken out of it for you. Then I think a coach can be a really great idea because I'm sure you guys can relate to this. I know I have probably one, five different coaches at this point, you know, dependent on what it is. And it's not necessarily because I cannot create the plan myself with my nutrition, with my health stuff, my supplements, like that's why I outsource that but with my training and some other things like, yeah, I could do it by myself, but I don't want to have to think about it. So I want to put it in someone else's hands because I will overanalyze until the cows come home. Mm -hmm. And it just takes up more mental space that I could be giving to other areas of my life. So serving my clients better, you know, hobbies, passions, interests, that kind of thing. Whereas if I'm spending a bunch of time thinking or researching or creating a plan, you know, it's going to take up that space. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think it's important to mention that if something is working for you, there is no reason to change it. And yeah. I think that's something that goes unsaid a lot because we're so busy looking in our peripheral vision, like, oh, that person tried, you know, that tactic and look how great it worked for them. Maybe I need to shift gears. Ladies, if, and, and, you know, friends listening, if something is working for you, don't change it. Don't change anything until you hit a plateau or until you actually have a legitimate reason. So Karina, if you're asking this question, I'm thinking you maybe have a reason to, to want to further your goals. Maybe there's something more specific, or maybe you are ready to dial in a little bit deeper, but really kind of analyze where you are. Like, are you, are you happy? Are you content? Is fitness taking or whatever the, the goal is taking up an appropriate amount of space in your life and in your day? Cause if it is, there's no need to go any deeper than you are just because you can. Mm -hmm. I guess that's, I really, that's a really good point, Katie. One other thing I want to add that I left off my list if it's just something you're super interested in and you want access to this particular person to learn from them, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're like, you know what, fitness is kind of my jam and I can probably yeah. do fine on this like group program that I'm doing, but I really want to learn more. And I want to be able to ask like any questions. Cause when you have a coach, usually you can ask them any questions you want. And like, mm -hmm. you know, we, with my coach, like I'll ask him a million questions. I'll just be like, now I'm thinking about this. And this thought came to my mind and I want to get his like feelings, opinion about that kind of stuff. If you want that kind of access to a coach, like that can be useful, right? So if you're like, Hey, why do we do this exercise and not that exercise or why this with macros and not that 
and you wouldn't have that in the group forum, that's another time to hire a coach. Yeah. And I'll, I'll throw in one last thing because it just came to mind because I did get off a call before this with a potential client who had done group coaching in the past or more of a templated type of program. So they sign up for, and you know, she told me what she was doing, a very well-respected coach in our industry who has a fabulous program to get you started, teach you the nuts and bolts. But I think it's a know thyself type of situation. So do you do better with group coaching or do you like more one-on-one accountability, attention for myself? I do not like group coaching whatsoever. Um, I'm in a group coaching program for my training right now. And it's fine because I know what I'm doing. I'm not there for the support and the camaraderie. I'm like, just give me my plan and let me execute it. Um, but like with business coaching, I've done multiple masterminds where they are group programs. And I was like, I need a little more one-to-one access with that coach. I don't want to have to go in the Facebook group and see what everybody else is doing and get overwhelmed in there. So yeah, just kind of knowing what is best for you. And if those group programs are not a good fit, you think that you need that more individualized attention, then it can be really helpful. Yeah. And so many great coaches out there have an onboarding call where you can get to know them and actually get some access to them one-to-one before you commit to, you know, a a 90 day program. So um, it's worth, it's worth connecting with somebody and making sure that you vibe with them too. Like if you send somebody a note in Instagram DMs and they never get back to you, or you send them an email and there's no reply, or there's just, I mean, that might be a sign that maybe that's not the coach for you, even if something is working well for a friend. So know thyself, Marcy. I love that. Yeah. And perhaps we can talk about this at a later episode because I know we're really like getting into the weeds with this one question, <laughs> but I, same girl that I was talking about earlier, she asked me at the end of the call because I did put up a post recently on Sunday saying that I was looking for a specific amount of women to take into my one-to-one kind of like, I guess, VIP level training pro- or program. So training and nutrition. And I spelled out the requirements that I am looking for. So there were five of them. And one of them is you are coachable. So she was like, what does that mean? What does it look like to be coachable? Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really great question. And I appreciated her even asking me. So maybe at a later date, we can talk about like, if you are going to hire a coach, like who are, is the type of client that you need to be? That's a great that episode be- top topic. Let's yeah. do that. How do you achieve the most success if you're going to, you know, really, you know, put your resources against the coach for sure. Yeah. Love yeah. that topic. Yeah. Well, next week. There we go. There we go. We we it out. <laughs> and let, or keep the questions coming. Anyone else who's on Anchor or any other platform, let us know if you have other, other um, requests. But today, for now, the topic we wanted to address was the idea of optimizing your environment in order to achieve a results. And I think this is such an interesting topic to me because I feel like it is so critical and crucial but it is probably one of the most, like, why are we talking about something? Why did we dedicate an entire episode to something that does not even directly correlate with results, right? Like if I put my clothes out for the gym tomorrow, if I optimize my environment in one way, it has nothing to do with being in a calorie deficit if I'm trying to lose weight. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's completely indirect. So I guess I would throw this question out to you ladies. Why is this topic even on our radar, optimizing our environment? Why is this important? Kim, you wanna go first? Yeah. So look, could a person get really great results in a 
crappy environment, sure, right? There's always these people who can like rise above whatever is happening, right? So if you're in a place with chaos and you don't have a support system and like, like you could like set up like the most, what's the, what's the opposite of optimal? Unoptimal situation? Suboptimal uh, environment, and you could still be successful. What I would say is, most people are going to struggle more, and so why not put the the things in place that are going to support you in reaching your goal? It's about like you know, I think with all of us, we're all trying to help people to get to their goal in a way that doesn't just feel so hard, right? Like we don't want you pushing through mud. And setting up your environment correctly can really help to automate things. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that the phrases that I hear over and over again is I have no self-control and I have no willpower. Mm -hmm. And I call bullshit on that for the most part, because it's not a lack of willpower or lack of self-control issue. What I like to describe it is, or as is a stress issue. So oftentimes our you know, proverbial willpower gets depleted throughout the day when we are making a lot of decisions and when our stress is high. So if you are a busy mom, you know, you have a full-time job and you hit the ground running in the morning, you're taking care of the kids, you're responding to emails and you're just going nonstop throughout the day, making all of these decisions, then come the end of the day, your willpower battery is going to be depleted, especially if you are not doing things to recharge it. So if you go into the pantry at five o'clock and all of the chips and the treats are in front of you, then you are going to be much less likely to avoid eating those in kind of a weak or stressed out state. So if you can optimize your environment, so maybe you keep the, those foods in the house, but I know Kim, you're great about doing this you put them in a place where you cannot visibly see them. So in an opaque container or in the garage, you kind of forget about it. So now you're not relying on that willpower in order to avoid the situation. Yeah, I would I'll use an example it. of this. I bought a box of cereal a couple of weeks ago and I'm at the point now where cereal used to be a trigger food for me. And I would not even bring foods like that in the house. So I bought the cereal, like, I mean, it's not that great anyways. Maybe I don't care about it as much, but I've done it in the past with cereal that I do really enjoy. And it would be easy to eat five bowls of. Uh, And I just didn't have room in my pantry, like on the top shelf where I would visibly see it. Like I put it on the bottom and I completely forgot that it was there until this morning when I was packing to go somewhere and I had to like go to the bottom shelf and I was like, oh, there's Mm -hmm. that cereal. But yeah, if it was right in front of me, I may be more inclined to just like, you know, hand into the box, eating mindlessly when I'm stressed out. Absolutely. It's all about like eliminating friction anywhere we can. I think that's sort of what, what it means to optimize your environment. It's kind of like how you master the art of showing up for yourself. And that is such an important thing to do when you have goals, because if you are just going to create boundaries that are really black and white, like no carbs and um, one workout a day and, and just be, be rigid without finding ways to like weave it into your lifestyle, your results will not be long-term. And I think that's the reason that optimizing your environment, your lifestyle has to be at the base of the pyramid, even before things like calories and macros and movement and periodized training and all of that stuff that kind of like slowly stair steps up. If you do not have this foundational lifestyle and environment in check, it's really hard to build 
um, sustainable practices and efforts and, and success that's going to carry through the duration of whatever it is your goal setting is. Um, and I think it's one of the issues I see, and Lady, you'll tell me if you feel this, is there, a, this comes easier to some personality types than others, right? Like there are type A people out there who are like first in line when it comes to organization and like they've been optimizing their environment since they could, you know, put on their pants. But then there's other people who are entirely overwhelmed by the idea of having a plan for tomorrow or heaven forbid meal prepping for a couple of days out. What do you say to somebody like that? Uh, set your bar a little bit lower. You know, you don't have to go from being a person who's totally disorganized, doesn't have their ducks in a row to being like that type A personality, but you can start making small uh, changes to optimize your environment a bit at a time, mm -hmm. see the results pay off and you're going to be more motivated to do it again. Look, I wouldn't call myself a super organized person. I just wouldn't, but I've learned which things make a big impact, tried them and it's you know, provided value for me. So I, so I'm way more motivated to do them. Like I want to do those things because I know it helps me get results, but you don't have to go from zero to a hundred. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And I know there are certainly habits that I've been trying to improve. One of them is drinking more water. The simplest one of all you would think, but <laughs> it's difficult for me. So the thing that I started to do was I just put out a glass next to my coffee pot. And it helped because a couple of months ago, I was going through like a major flare with my gut health. And one of the things that I was doing to like part of my protocol to improve it was to drink two ounces of apple cider vinegar and water, 20 ounces of water every morning. And it was awful, but doing it like created the habit of drinking water first thing. So I put out the glass, I put out the apple cider vinegar, next to my coffee pot. It was the first thing I did. And then my reward for drinking it was to be able to have my coffee. And now I have not missed that habit. And probably, I mean, since I started it, it's just like automatic now, but if I did not have the glass put out or the vinegar put out, if I was still using that, which I'm not, then I would forget about it half the time. This thing with my supplements too. I got to put my supplements out like I level where I can see them or else it will be forgotten about. Yeah. Well, let's, let's kind of keep going on, on this. Let's ride this tide. Kim, what are some things that you do to optimize life and your environment to suit your current goals? Mm -hmm. Um, I do a lot. One, one of the things I do is I have a to-do list with those little things on them. Ladies, like I, I'm a person who things will leave my mind if I don't. And so I literally like make a note every night with my to-do list. And I put these little things on there, like get out, workout clothes, right? It's, it's literally on there. Like, um, drink your water. Like it's like, it's on my to-do list. Just like, and I, I put like all of these yeah. things, they are on there. And then I, I really find satisfaction in taking things off my to-do list. I don't know if, if you guys are like that, but oh, no. I am. And so getting yourself, whatever your system is, that is something that really helps me um, is to be able to remember all of these things. So that's one of, the, I have a lot, but that's one of the things I do is I really live by my master to-do list and checking them off. It's so funny, Kim, because I do that too. And I go through periods of time where I, I have the to-do list and I don't, I call it the power list, which is coined by this guy, Andy Frisella. So I was doing that for a long time that I got out of the habit. And now I've been doing it again, just because 
my to-do list is so long lately. And again, I am a box checker. I just get thrill out of that and so much satisfaction. So, so relate. This, yeah. <laughs> this morning I was writing out my to-do list because I had forgotten to do it the night before, which I think is a great idea. So if you are not someone who writes out your to-do list the night before, do it because I have so many clients and I know myself included where uh, they have a hard time falling asleep or they wake up in the middle of the night with monkey mind. So yeah. just like doing that brain dump, uh, maybe even like everything that you did not put up or that you did not get done that day, move mm-hmm. that to the to-do list. What else needs to be added? Uh, no shame or guilt associated with not getting it done. It's your human. Um, but yeah, doing it the night before is really helpful because then when you wake up, you just, it, it's in front of you, you have to execute, but I did have to do mine this morning and I even write down my morning routine. So yeah, I realized that like, is on there too. Yeah. So I had already done my morning routine before, or uh, yeah, before I wrote the to-do list and I was like morning routine cross off. I already did it. So yeah. you know, <laughs> just cause like it felt good to cross one thing off, even if it yeah. had already been done. Uh, but yeah, that is very helpful. Uh, another common one, I think Katie, maybe you mentioned this already was, or is to set out your clothes the night before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even just like wearing, wearing similar clothes. So you that see really help. Yeah. Uh, I know like people will have what's called a capsule wardrobe where they have, you know, five or six yeah. pieces that they just rotate through and you can come up with lots of outfits doing that. Um, you follow but, style this life. Her name is Paige. She's one. Yes. She's love great. her. We should and is she capsule her. wardrobe person. Yes. Yeah. Wait, what yeah, is yeah. she style this life? Yeah. Yep. So, you know, Paige is amazing and I am going to be moving soon. And there are all these clothes that I do not wear. And I kind of want to get rid of everything and just start over. I, I do wear the same stuff over and over again. I do. It just makes my life easier. Uh, but look at, you know, the former Steve jobs or Mark Zuckerberg, or, you know, the president, they wear the same clothes over and over again. Maybe not like the actual same clothes, but the same, like you have 10 white shirts and like 10 pairs of Levi's just because mm-hmm. it's one less thing to think about. It reduces that decision fatigue so that you have more willpower, you have more mental space. And then uh, it's laid out there in the morning. So you just have to put it on and go. So if exercising is the thing that you're trying to focus on or to get in the habit of doing, put out your workout clothes the night before or right next to your bed. And then when you see them in the morning, or there they are. Yeah, that's a I huge think one. One of the tickets to success when someone has a goal that's related to either fat loss or, or building or something that really requires a lot of energy, because let's face it, these things aren't easy. It's not easy to be in a deficit. It's not easy to work on the amount of training you need to really build muscle. Um, and then when you're doing it alongside managing a family or a full-time job or side hustle or whatever it is, you really do have to kind of compartmentalize that at times. And so I was someone who really benefited from having like a family optimization list and then like a a mom optimization list. So, I mean, I did all the things that everybody knows how to, uh, how to do when, when they're in a cut, like, you know, pre-log your food for the next day and meal prep. And if I was cooking, I would, if I, whenever I made anything, I would, I wouldn't just make one. I would, I would triple it and put two in the freezer or, I mean, like that's because I had the space. So I did it. And that was, and I was making things like chili or casseroles or things that you could do that with. And it was pretty simple. And then I had, you know, three weeks worth of meals ready to go. So 
those were all of the things that people kind of already know. But then the other things I would do that just kind of made my life a little bit better in the moment the next day were prepping the coffee pot. So when I came down the stairs in the morning, I would just click it on and it would go. And like that mm. to me felt so, so good. Or during the school year, while my kids are getting the door, walking the door and like their backpacks explode all over my kitchen and I want to die a little bit inside, I let them get started on their homework, clean up their stuff and I make their lunches for the next day. So we're not doing that in the morning. Mm, um, one other idea. That's, that's always something that I do while they're getting started on homework and they, I always make them try before I help, I make their lunches done. And the last thing I do that is just a little bit, a little psycho on my part, I will admit, but I hate laundry baskets. I don't want them in my house because I feel like they don't get used. I think I may have mentioned this before. No, I've never heard this. Okay. So I feel like laundry baskets are, are pointless because no one actually puts their stuff in it and nobody brings their stuff down anyway. In fact, we even sealed up our laundry chute in our house. Cause I was like, I don't want a pile of gross clothing sitting down here. When you're done wearing what you've worn that day, I want you to bring it down and put it in the wash and I will do a load of laundry every other day. And this works for a couple reasons. First of all, our laundry is right off my kitchen. So it's on the main floor. So when you walk in a couple, like one of the doors for our house, you can see my laundry room at all times. So I can't have a laundry explosion everywhere. So I end up doing one small load every other day. And I just wash everything on cold. Colors never run. The girls are responsible that I fold everything up and the girls are responsible before they get any iPad or internet time for putting all of their clothing away. And it never becomes a completely out of control thing for me. And so that's like one of those family optimization things that I've That's that I've very been- interesting, Katie. So I want to make it, sure I understand. So when they get changed, they yeah. immediately take their clothes and they bring it and they put it in the washing machine. Yes. So they get changed. You do this too? Do you and your husband do this too? Yes. Interesting. Yep. And it's I really- feel like laundry is the bane of my existence, guys. I have an entire room upstairs. It's the office off of my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And it I really just need to turn it into a big closet because it's like a big closet. It's like laundry that's clean, laundry that's dirty, things that need to, I have way too much stuff. I need yeah. a system for it. It's so much <laughs> It's easier. overtaking my life. Yeah. Well, and it can, and, and it, and certainly if this room was closed off somewhere in my house, it probably would. I mean, I, I have no motivation to keep it clean, but because you can literally see it from our kitchen table mm-hmm. and it's, and it's a lovely room, but I don't want it to, it just make I get anxiety when my house is a disaster. And so mm-hmm. I like things put away and I feel like my kids are old enough to take responsibility for themselves and at least put their own clothing away. I'm happy to wash it for them, but like, I'm asking you to bring it downstairs. I will wash it. I will fold it. You will take it away before any of the things that you want to do. That is just part of being a member of this family. So the expectations for the people around me, I, I can, I get to manage that a little bit because I have little ones. Um, but I mean, let's kind of shift gears here a little bit, because I think it's important to mention that not everybody has a super supportive core around them. And sometimes optimizing the environment is not necessarily something that you have a lot of control over. Um, so maybe we could talk about that. I like that. Yeah. Optimizing your environment. A piece of that is the people that you put yourself around. And mm-hmm. if you are, ha- if you have family support, for your fitness goals. That's incredible. Use them. If you don't, you can still put yourself in an environment with supportive people. You just have to go out and find it, whether that's going to be at your local gym or whether it's going to be friends or whether it's going to be an online uh, group online, you know, people you follow on Instagram, like surrounding ourselves with people who are in support of our goals in whichever form we can is a huge part of optimizing your environment. It's massive. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. So. <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Kate. I, I was, I didn't know if you had anything to add to that, Marcy. I, I was going to mention that the crabs in the bucket analogy is everybody, I think we've talked about that before, where if you have a bunch of crabs in a bucket and one of them tries to escape, the others pull the crab down. And that's just mm -hmm. a, a natural tendency. I think that sometimes we as humans want to do as well, where if someone in our core group is seen um, expanding or growing, it's seen, it's sometimes perceived as a threat to us and, or we're, they're afraid that will leave them if we're that person who is growing or who is changing. And so I think having a conversation with your loved ones and making sure that they really understand why these goals are important to you and that their relationship with you is safe regardless of how what, you know you go about achieving your goal is an important piece of, of the puzzle too, rather than just kind of putting a lid on it and, and pretending like it's not as important as it is to you. Because if you don't take pride and stand up for yourself in these goals, it's going to be really hard to execute them in an environment that's not supportive. Yeah, I agree. And, and boundaries is a really important part of that conversation as well. So just like telling people that this is what I'm doing and I really would like your support in that. It doesn't mean that I think any less of you, but this is what feels good for me right now. This is the self-honoring choice and I would appreciate your you know, respect or your support. The other component of that is, you know, oftentimes you cannot control your, your immediate environment because of your family. So I know you guys have a husband and kids, and maybe they eat differently than you. Like that comes up a lot or your friends are not on the same health journey that you are. So when you guys go out to eat, there's still this assumption that you're going to eat all the things and, you know, get drunk and this and that. So it really has to become at the end of the day, an identity shift and, you know, really being just self-honoring and knowing what is important to you, like getting really clear on what your values are and admitting that maybe sometimes like friendships, they, they do fall away or that friendship needs, even if you do want to maintain it, maybe it has to look a little bit different. So, and that could require you speaking up for yourself. So, Hey, you create the plans. So instead of we're going to go out to dinner and eat and drink all the things, Hey, can we instead go for a walk and get coffee? So just kind of like try to shift the conversation, not shift the conversation. Um, but yeah, just like shift the plans a little bit and hopefully they will be receptive to that. But also again, immediate environment when it comes to like husband, kids, partners, whatever, maybe you have a roommate that you live with and they're bringing a bunch of junk food into the house. You still have to be accountable to yourself. Like you can't blame what they're bringing in on the reason why you cannot hit your goals. Like it's just, it's not a thing. It makes it more difficult or challenging. Yes. But there are still things that you can do to optimize your success. Uh, I remember when I was with my ex-boyfriend, he was a, I've told this story so many times, power lifter, could eat all the things like had to eat a lot. And he would eat most of his calories in the evening. So when I was in the depths of a fat loss phase and my macros for the day were gone and I knew that I had these goals that I wanted to hit, well, he's in bed when we're watching TV, eating bags of banana chips, which, oh, by the way, are my favorite food. So in sun, in sun butter. Oh my gosh. So good. <laughs> oh, those were plantain chips last night. Okay. So plantain chips are more like salty, savory banana chips are the sweet ones. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they used to be my kryptonite. So he would be sitting there eating banana chips and I, I couldn't blame him or even say, can you not do that in front of me? Like that's his life. 
you know, so he gets to do what he wants to do. I'm responsible for my choices. So instead I would maybe like have a cup of tea and drink that. And then I bought this thing called the guasa, which is for your face. It's a jade stone. So I would take my guasa and I would like, you know, massage my face, like do my skincare routine. And that was enough just to like, take my mind off the fact that he was eating next to me, mm-hmm. you know? So having like good different strategy. rituals for yourself. Mm, that's like a good that. strategy. I will say moms, I think it's important building what Marcy just said. Moms, I think sometimes forget that they're the ones in charge of what their kids eat. And we feel kind of victimized by it. When in reality, we are 100% in control of the food that comes into our house. Not so much with partners, but with children, moms, you don't have to keep bringing Chips Ahoy in the house if you find yourself really tempted by Chips Ahoy. Just stop buying them. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. This was a huge part of my success. Like I just stopped restocking some of the things that I struggled to be moderate with. They're all back in our house now because I can manage them. You'll make progress there, but it doesn't have to be a big to do. You don't have to announce it to the kids. You don't have to be like, we're not having Pop-Tarts anymore, kids. You just stop buying them. And if they ask, you literally just say like, oh, you know what? I didn't get any last time I was at the store. And then if there's certain things that they they still want to have, it's not that they can't have them anymore. It's just, you're not going to have them in the house. And so like, Take them to the store to buy an ice cream cone and be like, hey, we're going out for an ice cream cone or we're going to the bakery. You guys each get a chocolate chip cookie, right? Because you can't get up out of bed at nine o'clock at night and go eat their cookie that they already ate at the bakery at two that afternoon, which is very different than the bag of chips Ahoy that could be haunting you. And so I think moms, you can really take control of this and you're the mom. Absolutely. And I always kind of termed this in my own household when again, I was going through fat loss phases reduction, not restriction. It's not that we can't have ice cream. It's just that we're not going to have four gallons of three kinds in our freezer. And that made a difference for me and for my family too. And now, like you said, Kim, we are back to all of the crap. Like other kids come to our house and they're like, oh my God, you have all the cereal. And it's like, and it's fine because it doesn't even like, my kids don't even see it anymore. And so, I mean, that that's a whole other podcast probably we could talk about where we're like, my kids are so desensitized to a lot of junk because we just have plenty at our house. Um, but I do think that, yeah, part of optimizing your environment is recognizing that you don't need to like make it completely, your life completely void of things, but you just need to stack the deck in your favor. Um, That's particularly it. when it That's comes it. to things that cause you friction. So before you go out to dinner on date night, you can check the menu maybe and, and have an idea of what you're gonna go after. So yes, of course you can still have date night. Maybe you want to have wine because that's something that's just a ritual that's really important to you and your partner. Great, have the wine, but maybe you skip the bread basket. Like, but you can go in with a plan and that's the type of thing that really is going to reduce the friction in, in a situation like this. And one of the times that I always liked to do that is I would reflect at the end of the day and when I would plan my next day and I'd put it in my fitness pal and I would kind of reflect and be like, what worked well and what didn't work well? And how can I reverse engineer that in the future? And to me, that was part of my day. That was my nighttime routine during that period of my life. And I sort of got away from that when I stopped having fat loss goals. But I'm realizing now that I need to do that again with my current set of goals, which is to Mm -hmm. include more meditation and find more play in my day and quiet my my doing mind and, and be, you know, human being more. And so now I'm more focused on my morning routine and taking the time to 
um, optimize my environment so I can get that quiet time in before the kids wake up and before the day goes haywire. So it's not just about one goal. I think it's important to remember that optimizing your environment is so important when it comes to anything you want to tackle, really. Absolutely. It's hugely impactful to our success and whatever it is we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. James Clear, I think, has a quote. Of course, you can't talk about this kind of thing without quoting James Clear. And I think he says, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. And Mm -hmm. like, true or That's it. Not spoken. Anything else, ladies, that you wanted to circle the wagons on on this conversation before we wrap up? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw something out there uh, that I know a lot of people struggle with. Two things, people struggle with a lot, like in the morning, like what am I going to eat? I'm too busy. I had to run out the door. This thing happened. So I do think setting up your environment to have your morning meal covered is a really important one. If that loss is a goal for you, whether that means that you get out the ingredients for your protein shake or whether it means you pre-make something like I make my baked oatmeal a lot and this is there. So now it's grab and go, but it's not grab and go like a donut, right? It's going to grab and go for, that's going to help me reach my goals. So coming thinking about like what limits me in being able to reach my goals. And if breakfast is one of them, let's get you on a system for that. Let's figure that out. So that you're not having to every morning fight against that. If it's lunch, like if it's like you got to run out the door and go to work and like, and now I don't have my lunch and I have time to make it. Let's have you like start doing with cages, make it the night before, whenever it is. Um, if it's like, I get home from dinner, I get home from work and now I'm too tired to make the healthy meal. Maybe it's pre-making your meals or buying one of these like meal making kits. Like think about like, what is really limiting me? And then come up with how you can set yourself up for success at a time um, before. Mm-hmm. I'm really big on language. I was talking about this earlier, the power of your language and your word choices. So a lot of people will say, this is hard. I can't do it because this is hard. It's like, well, if you keep saying it's hard, then it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to continue to be hard. And another one is like, that I like to say is easy as earned. So you have to put in the reps for it eventually to be just second nature and something that you do on autopilot without thinking about it. So one, you know, practice compassion, kindness, grace for yourself, because any habit is going to take some time to solidify. You may, you know, slip up along the way. That's okay. But the more you tell yourself it is difficult, then the more your brain is going to fight you. So a reframe that I like is, you know, how can I make this easier on myself? And it just feels lighter. So this is hard versus how can I let this be easy? Or I choose to let this be easy you know, is it's a big shift. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great way to to close Marcy. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, like 98.2% of the time, if I can do something now, I will, because I know it will help me later. Well, we were talking about that before we started recording. And I was like, I have so much work to do uh, the rest of the week. And I know that I want to go out with my friend on Sunday and I don't want to be coming home at 11 o'clock at night, writing training programs like I've done in the past. So Last night, it's like, do I want to write this program? No, I don't, but I'm going to get it done because it's going to feel so much better to have it off my plate, you know? And it felt great. Yeah. So sometimes it's just like, I got to do the damn thing. And then that creates that momentum too. Absolutely. Action, action precedes um, change and motivation. motivation. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We hope you grabbed a thing or two from here and um, we'll look forward to talking again next week. Bye. Bye. Next time.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.